Hey guys, and welcome to episode eight of Leadership on Purpose. I'm Blake Bozarth, and this is the show that's designed to help you grow your influence and lead with confidence and with humility. So I'm really excited to share today's episode. I know I always say that, but I got to sit down with Ethan Butte, who's the chief evangelist at BombBomb Video Email Service, and he's the author of a really great book called Rehumanize Your Business. And we talk about a really practical way that we can better connect with our teams, with our customers, and really with the people in our lives. So here's the spoiler alert, guys. It's video. It's casual, personal, informal video messages. Basically, whenever you would send a a text, an email, or some sort of written message, instead, just record a simple video. And the beauty of it is that the real you comes across. You drop the pretenses, the heart comes through, and you can really build a sense of connection and proximity, even when the physical proximity isn't present. So I personally am a total convert, and now I consider myself an evangelist um, for this sort of concept. I've started using it in my business, started using BombBomb, and no, they're not a sponsor. Started using it at CoThrive, both externally with clients and internally with our team, And this episode is a little longer than usual, but I know that you're going to love it. And there are some very practical nuggets in this show, including the things that really hold us back from using video and from being vulnerable right now, and some practical ways that you can start making a more personal connection in your communication. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really excited to have this conversation. I want to start before we get into the the meat of this. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to where you are and what you're doing today? Yeah, I've been at BombBomb for nine years full time this month, which is just absolutely insane. It's twice as long as I've been anywhere and more than three times longer than I guess my average tenure has been in my career. Not that I moved around a lot, but um, it's just incredible. And, you know, when I started, we were six or seven employees and maybe 100 or 200 customers. And now we're 150 people and closing in on 60,000 customers. And it's just been this like super interesting journey. So I never saw myself as a software company executive. And yet here I am, you know, I came in as a guy that was, you know, lighting up social channels and that kind of thing. Prior to that, I, um, in writing a lot of blog posts and doing a lot of teaching and, you know, selling by teaching essentially, um, as a marketer. And prior to that, I spent a dozen years inside local TV stations. So like your local ABC station or Fox station or NBC station running marketing teams in there. And I just kind of fell into that because uh, I did an internship between my junior and senior years of uh, college at the University of Michigan and uh, got an internship at the Fox station in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it turned into a job, which turned into my oh. next job and my next job and my next job. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of like leadership and management stories and hard learned lessons in there. Yeah, but, imagine. you know, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say that, you know, I came up in that business. I got kind of tired of it. Um, I, I guess this would be a practical tip for people. I didn't know because it was the only thing I had done. I didn't know what skills would be transferable. What did I enjoy? What would people pay me for? And so I just started doing a bunch of project work for other companies while I was still running marketing at the NBC station in Colorado Springs. I was working on an MBA at the time. And so this like this like hard, deep dive into what else is there. Um, 
you know, and it was all relationship based largely. And that turned into um, joining the bomb bomb team full time. Cause I started doing some project work for them. That's so cool. Bomb bomb is such a cool company and it's cool because I can tell you've, especially knowing that you were there early days, you've been able to have an influence there and in shaping, shaping that company and your all's approach to what you do, which I want to get into that now. And I love this concept that you, that you use this term that you use rehumanize. Talk to me about when you use that term rehumanize, rehumanize your business. Um, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm glad you, you asked it that way is that the, the re part is the key. I think, it, you know, I had seen bubbling up in popular business language and popular business culture, this idea of human and being human and whatever. I'm like, you know, especially for younger folks who, let's just say digital natives in general, you know, a lot of this is taken for granted, but, you know, two generations ago, three generations ago, almost all business was done eye to eye, face to face with maybe some phone calls, but, you know, handshake deals and like look you in the eye and this kind of like this relationship basis, like that's how right. everything was done. And so true. You know, the, um, I've read a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk. I the Thank You Economy was my favorite one because I felt like it was the it was the most theoretical and interesting. And he, you know, he harkens back even you know centuries ago where if you were the baker in town and you didn't do business the right way, you weren't honest with people, like you'd be out of business immediately because right. everyone in town knew. And so th this. And then, and then flash forward, we wind up with a ton of faceless digital communication, emails, text messages, voicemails. Um, you know, LinkedIn messages, Facebook messages, DMs, et cetera. It's all like plain typed out text that doesn't differentiate you or build trust or rapport. You and I, Blake, could type out the exact same message and send it to somebody and it would look exactly the same except for maybe our email signature or the little mm. profile picture that's next to the message. But you or I could record the exact same video and I won't get too far ahead on the video piece. Here. Right, right. But, um, you know, we could record the exact same message. It's going to feel completely unique, which gets mm. at this idea that you are a key differentiator in the work that you do, the way you carry yourself, the way you present yourself, what comes across in this kind of like natural human way, um, in a way that our brains have been trained to read from one another for millennia, um, is a big missing piece. Business used to be a lot more human, rise of digital, rise of automation, rise of very powerful and inexpensive automation. People used to say marketers ruin everything. Like when people say email's dead, it's because marketers ruin email by just shooting out emails right. with machines. But now BDRs and SDRs and other salespeople have the same automation available to them. And so like now BDRs can ruin everything too, right. you know? So, um, so anyway, I, I just say I'll, the digital channels are super powerful. They're highly efficient. They've sped up our ability uh, to do a lot of things. They've added a ton of productivity, but they've also, the pendulum has swung too far. And so we're hoping to continue this movement that we've built over the past decade of being more personal and more human more often and rehumanizing our businesses by rehumanizing our communication. That, that is powerful. Um, I want to note that Ethan wrote a great book on this. So he's an expert in this concept of what does it mean? How have we lost kind of the human element in so many ways? And how can we infuse it? How can we bring it back in? Do you remember, Ethan, when we used to 
love checking out our inbox and we used to love getting emails, right? Like it's something that was exciting. Like when you got totally. mail, right. And, and it, like you said, it's kind of gotten ruined though, because it's, we're inundated with so much, with so much information these days in general with the information age, but we're inundated, inundated with so much communications that all kind of look and feel the same. And so that, that element that kind of, that used to exist 15 to 20 years ago, where it was special kind of to receive an email it's, it's kind of lost now. Yeah. And a key factor there was that we knew back then that it was for us, my mm. friend or my family member or my team member or my long lost college roommate or whoever, you know, I knew that it was for me. And so I think one of the challenges now is, you know, the sheer volume because of the ease of doing it, but then also like the, the sorting process of, is this for me? Is this for me? Really? There are a lot of things that are acting like messages that they really aren't. You know, there are a lot of um, personalization, personalization techniques that I think are, you know, they're fine to, to beg and borrow and steal attention. But when you get into the substance of it, it's just not there. And you realize the kind of the trick that has been played. Gosh, and so there's just this mistrust in all of this going on. I think the height of it, by the way, and this will probably fold into somewhere we'll get in the conversation. The height of it to me is the fake handwritten note. The idea that you can use an online service to, and you can choose the handwriting or even submit your own sample probably for more money. And you can act like you actually hand wrote a note. And right. like, that so defeats the purpose of like a thank you note. It def the purpose is your time and attention. The purpose is your personality right. on the page. The purpose of you practically spending the time to think of, you, Blake, and think about our conversation and time together. Think about, you know, something that you told me, reflect on it, write a thoughtful thank you note, drop it in the mail and send it to you. And when you open it up, you know that it was, well, unless you maybe fear that I used one of those services. It, it's, this, it's this time and attention. Right. It's the reflection. It's the thoughtfulness. It's the gift of time that is so fundamental to it. And so this idea that we would accelerate the thank you note by having an online service where you just click a button and say, send this to that dude. Like, right. oh man, where you are we? A, Who are a, we? <laughs> you hit a nerve there with me, Ethan, because I've seen that when, I, when I've um, signed up for certain email lists and things. And, and you kind of have to, like, I understand why you do it. You kind of have to do it um, when, you, when, you, when you have someone on the email list that you're, you're sending kind of your, your stuff to. But I, I, I felt it where, oh, they, they personalized it in this way, like they don't just start with your name first, they include your name kind of intentionally, like inside certain paragraphs and things. And you're like, oh, that's neat. They're, 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 they're really being personal. But the more that you get that and the more that you realize that's just happening to everyone, the less sincere it feels and the more contrived it feels. So let's get practical here. So what can, as leaders, what, what can we practically do to address some of these pain points and some of these concerns that everyone's feeling when it comes to communication and particularly what's a practical format. We kind of foreshadowed it. What's a practical way that we can really connect authentically with uh, the people in our team and in our organization? Yeah, I've spent the past nine years inside BombBomb practicing this, learning it, teaching it, building community around it. This idea of using casual conversational videos. This is you don't need lights and scripts and editing and production and drones and green screens and all those other things that people tend to think about when they think about video in a business context. Yep. This is you and your webcam or you and your smartphone. And instead of typing out four paragraphs, you're going to type out a couple of lines of text and then just look the camera in the lens, look your 
person in the eye or people in the eye, because you can send it to your five team members or to one person um, and, and just talking to people. And so they get the full meaning of your message. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And so, you know, when you think about why, let's just say someone who's hired team members, let's say it's a customer facing role, a leader or manager is listening right now. And you know, you're looking to hire your next team member yep. and you're looking for things like curiosity, perseverance, um, kind of honesty and forthrightness. Um, you know, some of these, some, you're, you're looking for all of these skills. You might even be doing tests around them, personality tests and these types of things. And then when you sit them down and equip them to do their job in a customer facing role, you're essentially cloaking them in digital anonymity, faceless voicemails, faceless text and all these other things. And so this idea of allowing people to lead with their best asset, which is who they are, and to have the, the key parts of the message, which are sincerity, enthusiasm, it could be concern, it could be even frustration, it could be um, you know gratitude, all of these kind of like softer pieces of the message are completely lost. How many times have you and I, just in this week, we're recording this on a Thursday, yep. Three full business days behind us. We're getting started on the fourth. I've read the words thank you or thanks dozens of times. And it's just Brilliant. not the same as when someone looks you in the eye, greets you by name, and set, or reaches out to the entire company, mentions you by name, and thanks you publicly. This could be done publicly or privately. So the offer here is that video is all of you. It's the next best thing to being there in person. It is not perfect, but it is so much better than what we're doing every single day. Every single day when we click send or have a machine shoot a message out on our behalf is a missed opportunity to be more clear and to build more connection with the people who matter most to our success. Wow. Let's, let's explore more on, on the benefits because I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I think it has so much potential, especially, Ethan, we were talking about this earlier, especially in a now largely remote world, right? Where we, it already existed, but it's really been hastened by the pandemic. There's such an opportunity to connect in a more meaningful human way with our people, whether they're reporting to you or whether, whether it's your boss even, um, or just other people in, in your organization. And what, what does it do? Like what are some of the, the culture impacts, I guess, to, to connecting in this sort of way, to using casual, um, conversational videos, not overproduced, um, to connect with people? What, what, what kind of culture impacts would that have in an organization? Yeah, um, so most of us are using something like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever for live synchronous meetings. I just right. want to draw this out really quickly. What we're talking about here is recording a 47 second video or a two minute video or a 30 second video and sending it to someone, whether it's through Slack, which I do all of the time, uh, or through Gmail, we're a Google Apps shop. And so, you know, internal communication is done through Gmail or Slack typically. And so, um, one thing that uh, one of our two co founders has been doing actually since fourth quarter pre pandemic, but it turns out to be, you know, especially helpful now yeah. is he does a weekly update on Fridays. And sometimes they're three minutes long, sometimes they're 25 minutes long. And he, he provides business updates, he gets project updates, he does public praise, you know, like, you know, frontline employees' names are coming up in our leadership meetings every morning. So he just keeps a note, a notepad and, you know, is building what he's going to share with the entire company. And so 
while you could do an all hands meeting on Zoom, which we've done a handful of those, yep. um, this allows the entire company, but on their own time, right? So Darren records this typically on a Friday morning, but sometime between 7 and 10 a.m., uh, and sends it to the entire company. We use a few different Slack channels to do it so that people that are in different channels can make sure that they see it. And each person can experience him in person and get updates on the business and on team members at their own convenience. So for mm -hmm. me, that might be between 10.20 and 10.30, you know, between the end of one meeting and the start of another, but someone else might not watch it till Saturday morning and someone else might watch it immediately. And so this asynchronicity provides convenience for the sender and the recipient. But now every week, the entire company is approximately on the same page with what's going on. There's a sense of understanding. There's transparency because we share financial results. We talk about deals we won from, a, from the, on the sales side, That's for example, cool. and deals that we lost and you know what's going on in the market, um, propping people up for positive feedback and these types of things. And then we've also challenged people to know your number internally. And so most employees know how many videos they've sent. I'm well over 10,000, but you know, wow. newer employees are, you know, at a couple hundred or a few dozen or yep. a thousand or 1800 or whatever. And it's, it's to know your number. And so we're looking for opportunities to connect and communicate with one another and it begets itself. Right. And so there's an interesting dynamic, and this is one of the, we won't get too deep in this, but this idea of sending videos out into the world where people maybe aren't equipped to respond back, what you wind up getting back is more all caps, uh, more exclamation yes. points, smiley faces, and these types of, you made my day, or this was awesome, or the, you know, which no one ever responds to your typed out emails that way. I've never had anyone reply and say, I loved your email, but I can't tell you how many times I've gotten, I loved your email or I loved your video when that email included a video. And so inside our organization where everyone is equipped to communicate this way, you see it a lot more in direct Slack or small team Slack messages. You see it a lot more in your inbox where, you know, you reach out with a question and because we can't just, I can't just run 25 yards across the office and chat with you for, you know, two minutes to get on the same page, I'm going to be able to explain myself more clearly and to be more clear for you as the recipient if I can just talk to you or screen record something and do a little show and tell. And so it begets itself and you get this, there is a psychological proximity built through exposure, even in the absence of physical proximity. Again, psychological proximity can be built, a nearness to one another, psychologically, emotionally, cognitively, even in the absence of physical exposure or physical proximity. And so if we were all physically together in the office, we would certainly be a lot more connected than we yep. are today, like a, at a deeper level. But this idea of creating exposure to one another um, into the full expression of ourselves, our personalities, our enthusiasm, again, all these kind of soft side elements that fade yep. away or get stripped out when you, you know, put it in a more sterile communication channel. It doesn't really come through text. You don't really get that Correct. very well and so, text. Um, there's, I don't know if I answered the question directly. But no, that is phenomenal. That's powerful, Ethan. I actually want to explore it a little bit more too. So you sent 10,000 videos. That's incredible over the last nine years. And what has that done, Ethan, for your ability to build relationships with people that maybe you've never even met in person before? I know, I know you're active on LinkedIn. I see you have great content on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, make sure you check Ethan out. But what, what has that done for your ability to connect with people that maybe, again, you haven't met in person? 
Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I've, I have had in my role, I was like the only marketer for about three years. And early on, it was like, as you're trying to find product market fit and who are we and how are people using it and what value are they getting? I had a lot of very direct customer communication, but so much of it was just videos back and forth. And so in the opening chapter of Rehumanize Your Business, I tell probably the most powerful story there, and I won't spoil it here, um, but it was about the first time I met a guy I had never met in person, but felt like was a longtime friend. And I've had that experience with a number of people you this has happened to me so many times i'm at an event pre-covid of course uh, i see someone i recognize them immediately we call each other's names we kind of move over to each other quickly big warm embrace and i've had like in some cases i know that we've never met but we greet each other like old friends wow and in other cases i this is the weirdest one of all you can't quite remember if you've ever actually met in person. You're, <laughs> you're so close and you've communicated off and on in such a personal way, you know, over the course of, let's say the past 18 months since we connected with each other, but we've each sent each other like seven or 12 videos and um, back and forth. And like, you're like, have we ever met? I don't know if I had that experience probably a half dozen times and it's super weird. And we're like, were you with this? No, were you with this? No, were you with this? No, gosh, maybe this is the first time I've ever met and then you hug again. So it's like this, it's, and I hear that all the time from customers. People feel like they know me before they ever meet me. And that's really, really powerful. Again, that's kind of like that psychological proximity and this ability to stay in front of people. And so um, I can think of a number of people I have not yet met in person, but I look forward to the day that it happens. And whether it's, I know we've never met in person or gosh, I can't remember if we've ever met in person, but it feels like we have, um, it's just wonderful. That is so cool. That's one of the, one of the biggest ahas from your, from your book is how you can create that same sense of proximity um, by way of using just casual video. I, I love this. Okay, so you've given us some really practical examples, use cases. What, so it's, it's obviously it works. It's powerful. Here's my question. We've had this technology for years, right? Like at least a decade. We've had pretty good technology that allows you to send videos, right? Yep. Why is it, Ethan, do you think that it's not as widespread? I mean, obviously you guys have grown like bonkers. You have 60,000 customers, but there's still, if I looked at it's super a, 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 a list of like, if I, if I had a line of 10 leaders, I could probably bet maybe one out of 10, if that, maybe two out of 10 are actually using video in this way. Why is it? Why, why do, what, what's, what's holding people back, I guess, from, from using it? Yeah, I think there are two things. Uh, one is, you know, I'd put generically in this bucket of kind of like normalization. It's not quite normal yet. Not enough people are doing it yet. Some people just don't have the personality type to do something that no one else is doing. And then, of course, kind of tied to that, but a little bit unique is, you know, the behavior change and transformation element. You know, a lot of people are running businesses successfully. They don't have a lot of spare time to give consideration and evaluation of what would it mean for me and my team to adopt technology X. Um, and really, when we talk about technology adoption, we're really talking about behavior change, habit change, process change. And as soon as you start to roll up the logistics of this, especially if you're looking to like, you know, if it's 30 bucks a seat per user and you're starting to do the math and like all you know, these things, 
and you start walking it out, it can all of a sudden feel like that's something we'll do later. And, and so I think from a cultural normalized standpoint, it's still very, very early. But uh, I had this question, we do an onboarding session with um, all of our new employees. As soon as we get to like, you know, six or seven new employees, uh, we'll do a, an immersion day for them where leaders from different departments That's come cool. in and, you know, in, in like a very informal setting, talk about how the organization, how the marketing organization is structured, how it relates to some of the other departments, how we approach business, et cetera, et cetera. And I always save plenty of time for Q&A because I think in any session, Q&A is the best because it, you can assume what the audience wants to know, but when they can ask directly, it just, you know, make sure that right. they, what they, their takeaway is custom to them. And he asked, what is our biggest impediment to growth? Basically, one of these guys did, a designer, really smart designer. Um, and I was like, it's just human vulnerability. This idea that I, I'm going to listen to a podcast like this, this sounds really interesting. I'm going to reach out and say hello or thank you or good job or congratulations to a few people today in video. But you turn the video on, you're like some, some variation of, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I have the right equipment. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if this video is good enough. I said, um, can I still send it? Yeah, you know, right. All this, like this fear of judgment and rejection, like at a deep, deep human level is a thing. And if, so we overjudge our video. We're more, we're far more harsh critics than anyone else is of mm. ourselves on camera. And so if you can just get the reps in and again, start with thank you, good job, congratulations. I just noticed that, right? Like if you're scrolling social media, don't just leave a comment and a like, reach out to someone and extend the conversation or really get into the meaning of it. Um, you know, what you thought was special or interesting or meaningful or a story that it triggered for you and just reach out to people you know and who know you and you'll get comfortable doing it and you'll get replies back no matter how bad you think your video is how bad you think you did it. Um, you'll get replies and responses that validate the effort and let people know the number one thing that other people in your life want, which is to be seen, heard, felt, and understood. And when you can reach out in a personal way that allows someone to feel seen as a human being and to feel appreciated as a human being, that's what all of us are desperate for. As soon as our basic needs are met, like I have shelter, I have food, um, it's do I have a sense of belonging? do I have a purpose here? Does anyone else recognize it? Does anyone recognize what's unique and valuable about me as a person or as a team member or as a, you know, a, a, all the roles we play in our lives. And so this ability to reach out to people in a way that allows them to feel seen and understood, um, you'll get replies and responses that let you know that it doesn't matter that your hair was a little bit out of place, <laughs> your collar was turned funny, or that you had to stop and gather your thought before continuing speaking, which we all do all the time anyway. It's natural. So, That's um, so true. Get, just get out of your own head, get the reps in. Um, and it's an iterative process like anything else. Your 10th video will be more comfortable and natural to you than your second and your 50th will be better than your 23rd. That's... That's amazing. Um, so for me, Ethan, I, I am committed to using video more in my business. So we've talked about this. I started with kind of making some, some digital assets, I guess, that were meant to be more evergreen. And it's a, it is a process to be, feel like you're on camera, you know, you're behind camera. But I've recently um, got into BombBomb, downloaded BombBomb, because I know I wanted to use this more in my external communications and external outreach, but also within our team. I co-thrive and, and I am just so struck by how, how potent it is, how, how powerful it already is. I've just sent a handful of videos 
because I just started this week, but I am absolutely loving it. And, and yeah, there, I, I guess my, my challenge for anyone listening to this is you, you have to, like, if it's something that you're self-conscious about, you have to be able to put that aside for the greater purpose of what you're doing. And it's not necessarily, it really isn't about how you look. It's about just having a, a meaningful and sincere, sincere connect with the person that you're talking to. And, and, and once you do that, once you kind of take yourself out of, oh, I'm concerned about how I look or exactly how I'm saying what I'm saying. And you realize that just like you said, like those things, the ums, the, um, the natural stop to think about what you're saying, that happens in real life. And it actually adds to the power of the video, of the communication itself. When, when they see that, oh, this is, a, this is a real person. This is my friend. Or if you're reaching out to somebody you don't know, this is a real person that um, seems like somebody that I can actually relate to and relate with. That's that part of the, the most power. powerful cultural element. Okay. I, I can't believe I, I missed sharing this opportunity. You just triggered it for me. Is yeah. this when we can strip away all the gloss and polish, you know, someone like Brene Brown would call it the armor. Like when we can take mm. off our armor, take right. off the mask is another way I've heard it. When we can stop acting as if acting as if I'm some business executive or I am your boss or right. you know, some of these other roles that we wear and we're not quite comfortable in them because we just want to be ourselves. And, but I'm not sure that I'm, again, this is the vulnerability piece and everyone suffers it. Even you hardcore type A people listening still suffer this. <laughs> like, can I just be myself? Like that is the, so much of your energy, your, your emotional energy, your focus, your time, so much energy is lost in these kind of like when we dress ourselves up a little bit. And so this idea that I can just record a video where I am who I am, I say it how I say it, flaws and all, gives other people permission to A, feel connected to you, right? Like when you take that guard down, it's an invitation for other people. It's really, really powerful. But then it also gives permission to your team to win on who they are and to be more natural and to be more honest and stop feeling like they need to be something that they're not or look in a way that is not natural to them or come right. across in a way that's not natural to them. There's so much anxiety there and like wasted energy and doubt and fear and shame and all this nonsense that we suffer unnecessarily. And so that's a kind of a, like a, again, another softer side. I don't want to get too woo woo, but like, Oh yeah. This idea that within your organization and within your community and within your business ecosystem, you're you're giving permission to other people to um, feel connected to you, but then also to kind of put down all these. I call it acting as if like, just stop mm. acting as if, and let's just do this. Let's focus on the customer. Let's focus on the work. Let's focus on what's good about it. Let's focus on what bad, what's bad about it. Let's focus on the next right step and let's stop worrying about and wasting energy on all of this other stuff that we've carried for too long. I mean, you watch mad, I don't know if you've watched the series mad men, but yes, yeah. you know, you just, you just think about all of the, you know, the politics and dressing up and the roles and the way you need to come across to your clients and potential clients and the way you need to jockey against other people in your own right. team. It's like, it, we can put a lot of that stuff aside. Not saying you, you like wearing a super sharp suit in your videos sure. is a bad thing. That's a great thing if that's who right. you are, right? But I, you know, I'm a but, teacher but it's, guy. But that's, that, I'm so glad you added that because those, all those things are pretenses. They're not natural. And we sometimes we think it's helping us, but it's actually a blocker 
to true connection, right? And so the beauty of this, and I think there's real ROI, there's real return on investment to making yourself vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm gonna show up in a natural way, a candid kind of casual way with my people. And, and what that builds and breeds in your culture, I think is extremely, extremely potent, extremely powerful. So I wanna see more and more leaders doing this. And I'm so glad that you're, that you're driving this, this train. Um, last note I'll say um, before we jump into the standard questions, I can't wait to get to those with you, Ethan, um, is it's, it's one of my favorite things that Craig Rochelle, he's a, he's a hero of mine, he likes to talk about. People basically, it's something like this, people respect you for your, for your strengths, for your talents, for your abilities. They connect with you through your weakness and through your vulnerability. And so that's, that's the power of video is you're able to, you're able to, especially this casual video that we're talking about, you're able to get a message across, but you're able to do it in a way that is vulnerable, that's totally true to who you are without the pretenses. And that's so powerful. Okay, I got a handful of uh, standard questions that I wanna ask you, Ethan. So the first one is, what is your why? What is it that really motivates or drives you? Um, it, I would say, I guess in a word, it would be something like stewardship. This idea of leaving things better than you found them, hmm. whether it's the condition of a project or whether it's a relationship or anything else that you encounter. Like, I want to move lightly through the world and leave most things that I touch better than I found them. And uh, obviously there's a journey there. So it's not really a, um, a particular outcome. Um, and, you know, I think most of the things humans chase, uh, if we want to characterize them as, as the ideals of something like truth, beauty, and justice or something like that, they're all perfection and they're unattainable. And so we're just on these journeys. And for me, what keeps me going is the opportunity to touch something and leave it better than I found it. That's cool. I love that term stewardship. What's a way that you've grown as a leader since you started in your career? Um, gosh, just self-awareness. I mean, th that to me, the journey of, of leadership is um, about understanding yourself enough to get out of yourself hmm. and to stop focusing on yourself and instead to focus on other people. And it, but to ma manage that balance where you're still... Um, thinking enough about yourself and your effect on other people and the things that you heard and saw and what you did and how did that go? Is that good enough? There's this, there's this fine balance. I think when I was much younger, I think most people think that the world is about them. Certainly it's true in children. Different people evolve out of that at different stages. True, very true. I feel like I might've been slow in it, but you know, in a career sense, you still kind of start the same place. It's like, Again, am I doing this well enough? Did I say that right? How am I doing? Me, 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 me. And so the transition is staying enough in touch with yourself that you can now turn that outward and help other people be better within themselves and to be more of themselves and to, you know, from a team standpoint, make sure that once you understand other people, that you can get them organized in the right way where they're all their best selves, but doing the work that the team and the organization needs. And so to me, I guess it was getting out of myself um, in that maturation process, which was, it's, that's a journey too. Uh, absolutely. And that sounds like the epitome of humility too, which this, this um, show is all about confidence and humility. Um, okay. One big question for you. I'm curious about, what, do you have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal personal to you that you're going after right now? Man, I see the excitement in your eyes and I'm so going to disappoint you. Oh, I no. Don't, I don't. I honestly, it's like there's so much 
um, joy and learning and challenge and opportunity around me. I don't know mm -hmm. if that, I don't feel like I lack ambition, um, but I don't have ambition, I don't think, in that kind of big specific way. I mean, for me, the reason I'm still at BombBomb after nine years and I can see myself here for another two or five or seven, or I don't know what the timeline is, yeah. is that the mission I'm on right now, um, I think is very, very important. I know that the world will be a better place mm. when more people are like you, Blake, where, I mean, there's a whole conversation there, but specific is video activity where you learn about the opportunity, you understand the spirit behind it and you start acting. And mm. I know that when more people do this, it's going to be a better world to live and work in because more people are going to be more comfortable in their own skin and more people are going to be thinking about other people and reaching out in a way that allows them to express themselves fully and allow the other person to feel seen. And so like, to me, I guess a big, hairy, audacious goal that's driving me work-related for the foreseeable future is um, making this more normal behavior mm. and keeping an eye on, you know, what's slowing it down, what are some of the outcomes, what does a real destination look like, et cetera. And so I guess that's a pretty rehumanizing business communication is big and hairy. So that's I guess amazing. I just talked my way out of my You totally answer. did. You wrote the book on it and you're continuing to advance it. I love that. Last question, Ethan, how can our listeners find you? Um, I am Ethan Butte. Last name is spelled B-E-U-T-E on pretty much all the social networks. LinkedIn, as you mentioned, is a great place uh, to connect. You can email me directly. I'm Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com. It's just the word bomb twice. B-O-M-B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com. And um, I welcome direct communication. LinkedIn, email are probably the best, but I'm, I'm everywhere and bomb bombs everywhere is bomb bomb. Love it. Man, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Can't wait to have you back again at some point too. Thanks so much for the invite. Thanks for the conversation. And again, thanks for modeling behavior that I wish more people uh, would participate in because it's going to be good for them and good for everybody else. Amen. I want to see more of it too. All right, Ethan, take care, man. What would it mean for your organization if your leaders became significantly more effective? At CoThrive, we help good leaders transform into exceptional leaders. And we do it in a way that builds camaraderie and deeper connection to your company for a fraction of the cost of less effective alternatives. If you're interested in learning more, find me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message. As always, guys, keep leading on purpose.